LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You've probably heard about the movie Overcomer, but you may not know there are a few books and Bible studies inspired by the film. One is called Defined by Alex Kendrick and Stephen Kendrick, which is a book and Bible study based on insights from the book of Ephesians. It's filled with personal stories and practical wisdom. Defined is going to challenge you to let the one who knows you best be the one who guides your heart most. Another book for teens and and young women is called Radiant by best-selling author and co-star of Overcomer, Priscilla Shirer, one of my wife's favorite Bible study teachers. For teen girls, there's also the Defined Bible Study, an invitation for teen girls and young women to enjoy a candid conversation on identity with world-renowned Bible teacher Priscilla Shirer. You can find these books and Bible studies at lifeway.com slash overcomer. And now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything. Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer and we're back. We're back. Ready to ask It's been a long summer. I mean, again. I've had a lot of thoughts. Yeah, this is great because I spend the whole summer thinking of questions to ask you and then I don't get a chance to. So here we are. We've got a bunch. This season's going to be... It's going to be your questions. There's no longer questions from our listeners. We just but. decided, we said, you know what? It's just going to be all me. <laughs> questions from Matt. So, um, JD, this is actually, uh, I think, one that I'm surprised we have not already asked on this on this show before. Because you talk about missions and unreached people groups all the time. Frankly, we're over it. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, but you talk about missions a lot, and it kind of begs the question, why aren't you a missionary? Ooh, below the belt right gotcha. here at the start of that. <laughs> yeah, I won't tell you, I, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you I was a little conflicted sometimes because I, I talk about it so much and I'm obviously not. I started out as a missionary, yep. um, you, so I went to college to go into law and uh, while I was there, I started to teach a Bible study and simultaneously I discovered I love teaching the Bible. I love to see college student mobilized. Uh, also, I was reading the book of Romans. I was challenged to read the book of Romans seven times by my pastor. He said, read it all seven times in a semester. And so, you know, not really care that much about my schoolwork that semester. Uh, I, on the seventh time through, it was like the second to the last day of the semester. I was reading, I came to a point where I I think I really, for the first time, understood what it meant for 2.2 billion people to be in the world without having heard the gospel. And in that moment, I hate to sound overly Pentecostal or charismatic, but it was a moment where it was just me and and the Spirit of God, and I felt like like God changed a prayer, told me to change a prayer. Up until that time, I'd said, um, Lord, if you, you know, if you tell me to go, I'll go. And at that point I started to say, Lord, let me go. Let me be a part of bringing the gospel to the nations. Show me the role that I have in it. If you let me actually go over there to be a missionary, I'll do it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit in that moment said, I'll let you go. That's the question I've been wanting you to ask. And so I go over there for a couple of years. And while I was there, Trying to figure out what was next for me in terms of development. I, I thought I was called there long term. Came back to the United States, did a PhD in Islamic theology. And during that time, I, God really just threw some, some, both some mystical and some very practical ways, showed me that the role I was to play was to be a pastor of a church, at least for the time being, a church that was focused on missions and sending. And so that's what I did. It seemed to be a good match for the gifts that I've had. And certainly God has fulfilled the dream by allowing us to have, you know, we've sent out a total of about 600 overseas. Mm-hmm. Currently, there 
there's almost 300 that are members of our church who are currently there. So I've seen that. I, I sometimes feel guilty because, you know, I do get a lot of perks of living in the culture I grew up in. And, uh, you know, my, my life is not nearly as hard as that of a lot of our missionaries, but I know it's the role that I'm supposed to play. Um, I think the key thing there is there is I, I think the fundamental question for all of us has to change from like we, we almost treat calling like it's this sort of mystical moment where you know unless god like writes something in your cheerios you're just supposed to you're supposed to basically go to church you know pay your tithes do your job well but every single person is supposed to leverage his or her life for the great commission the call to leverage your life for the great commission was included in the call to follow jesus so we say the question is no longer if you're called you're called if you're a follower of Jesus, he said, follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. Right? That's the call. When you accepted Jesus, you accepted that call. The question is no longer if you're called, the question is where and how. And I think when you shift that posture, then, then the Holy Spirit can show you where and how you are supposed to be a part of his global reach of the gospel. Yeah, I think that, like you were saying, I think that's a great that's a great shift because I do think most of us kind of have that posture of, hey, like you were saying at the beginning, like where you were originally of you know, I think I'm going to stay and do this unless God kind of changes my mind instead right. of this really expectant almost, hey, God has called me to something. I'm going to go try to figure out what that is, you right. know? Um, and yeah, that, every, you know, in this new book I have coming out called What Are You Going to Do With Your Life? I talk about how everybody needs to have an Isaiah 6 moment where they see they see the beauty of the gospel, they feel the lostness of the world, and they say, here am I, send me, right? And if you're going to stay right in the the neighborhood you grew up in, and you need, and you're going to have a job that you've always wanted to have to make lots of money. You need to feel as sent there, in that situation, as the guy who goes and is a missionary in an unreached people group in India. That's really good. So, kind of, the, I guess the follow up to that is, let's say you you have that posture shift, and that's kind of what you're asking God to do. How do you know if you're specifically called to to overseas missions? <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's a lot of different ways to answer that, and I think there are. There, there are different ways that God has used, both in Scripture and also historically. There, there are times that it just comes through like just a desire that you can't shake. First Timothy three one says, "If you desire to be the office, uh, desire to hold the office of a church leader, that's a good thing." And you can assume that that that's God stirring in you for that. You know, I, I, something similar would be for a certain kind of group of people. Or you know, Paul said he had this ambition to preach Christ where he'd never been named. I read there when Paul says ambition in Romans fifteen. I read that as kind of this like. Un, you know, kind of a desire, a burden that you're just not able to shake. Uh, Nehemiah 2.12, um, you know, Nehemiah has a burden to rebuild the walls of, of Jerusalem. What's interesting is Nehemiah is obviously called to do that. He has divine certainty in it. But if you read Nehemiah, God never instructs Nehemiah. There's never a voice from heaven that says, Nehemiah, do this. Um, instead, all it is is, it, he, you know, Nehemiah 2.12 says, God laid it on my heart. Mm. It was kind of this like ambition, and I think God gives that. That's one way he does it. Um, another way can be through the church. The church can, can call that out in you. Acts 13.2, the Holy Spirit said to the church, separate Barnabas and Paul for the essentially the first mission trip. Uh, Paul didn't come up, doesn't seem to come up with that first. It was it was others, you know, recognizing that. I think that's a way that God speaks. Um, I mean, there can be mystical, kind of almost sort of weird mm. circumstances that God uses. I've heard too many stories to really deny that, and I think you could see that, you could see hints of that in Scripture too. There's, you know, a really practical way that I try to help people. I don't want to de, I don't want to take the spirit out of it at all, but um, there's a really practical way. It came from, I've seen this in three different places. Rick Warren, I've seen it in Jim Collins, the business guru who wasn't writing it from a Christian perspective, and then Tim Keller. 
and yeah, good crew. If Rick Warren, Tim <laughs> Keller, and Jim Collins are agreed on anything, it's got to be settled in heaven, right? Yeah. They use different words, but it's you know Venn diagram. I can't draw it out for you here, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. think Wall three imagine. circles yes. that come together, overlap yep. in one spot, and the three circles. The way I describe them are affinity, ability, and affirmation. Yep. Affinity is what you're passionate about. Right, just what you that burden on your heart. You've seen people who've never met Jesus find Jesus. Maybe it's a circumstance you had in your life that you really want to see people in that circumstance minister to. Um, uh, ability is just kind of what you're naturally good at. You know, what do you think natural skill? I mean, for me, writing and speaking is sort of inherent in what I do. Um, affirmation is that church concept where people say there's a need for this, and God uses you when you do that. When you find those three things overlap, that is the place of usually both a natural gift and a spiritual gift and that's a good place for you to say okay here's where i'm good where can i use this for the mission of god that's really good um so i'm gonna ask one more follow-up and and just as a quick answer because when i hear you say those kind of share those three categories how would you talk to somebody who's maybe a little younger or earlier on and kind of figuring out maybe they don't maybe don't know exactly how they're gifted but they kind of know there's a desire or there's a need in the world would you shift that around for somebody that's a little earlier in their kind of uh, yeah, well, focus on that Isaiah 6 moment. You really want to sense the lostness of the world. Ask God to open your eyes and your heart to that. Because I think that's, a, that's an important moment where you start saying, God, my, my heart's desires for people to just get saved. Um, a second thing is you need to broaden your horizons. You tend to be passionate about the things you're already familiar with. And so if you've only grown up in your neighborhood and in the same group of people all your life, you're going to be passionate about them. Um, taking short-term trips, uh, exploring new kinds of ministry can give you a passion. I, I usually tell people sort of you know, blanket advice in your 20s and 30s. Um, that's a time to sort of experiment in different yep. kinds of ministries. Because if you'd asked me at 23 or 24 what I was really good at in ministry, I would have given you the wrong answer. <laughs> in fact, my first five answers probably would have been wrong. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, explore different things. And then I, I, you know, I would just say, finally, um, be willing to cross a boundary. Most people don't naturally think I want to cross a boundary. And if we only kind of followed the dictates of our heart, everybody would just stay in the culture that they're in. So so really say, God, I'm going to give you a chance to speak to me. Am I going on a mission trip overseas or spending a summer? I come here to the Summit Church and spend a summer with our college students going on two or three different mission trips in our, our city project and, 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 and let God expand your horizons by, by seeing those things firsthand. That's really good. Um, well, JD mentioned earlier, but you can actually learn a whole lot more about this in his new book. What are you going to do with your life? Um, you can pre-order that now at whatareyougoingtodowithyourlife.com, and there is a free devotional download that there is quite for you. A yeah, website. I'm what are gonna, you going to do with your life? I'm trusting. <laughs> I would spell that out. I'm trusting that you guys have all that. What are you going to do with your? I life. I feel like the question com. I would ask is, what am I going to do with the rest of it now that I spent about a third of it <laughs> typing in that website? Exactly. Uh, and if you actually pre-order this book from Lifeway, you can get 40% off. So you should definitely do that. Not even out yet. And it's already on sale. We're what does that say about? <laughs> um, so uh, you should definitely check that out and try to buy that book. And then also we would recommend uh, if you haven't already been listening, you should check out the five LQ podcast with Todd Atkins. It's a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family. And he has been interviewing lots of leaders like David Platt, Ryan Myers, and Louis Giglio. And he's also done book breakdowns on shifts and discipleship. I was on that podcast too. Did you not feel like that was important to even put me in the list? Like- I feel like if you're here, they got you. <laughs> we got to sell other people, you know? Um, so just look at five leadership questions on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything.